Hello, Terry-Ann and everybody Hello. in my podcast land. <laughs> Hello, Eloise in our <laughs> oh. podcast land. So, we are doing the card for the week for the 23rd of September, 2020. And today is the beginning of year three of this podcast. Oh, my. <laughs> Congratulations to us. Year three starting. Well, it's episode 105, which in my book must be year three. Oh, my goodness. 105. Mm. Oh, my. I can't believe there's so many words out there coming from Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, if anyone's listened to all 105, we'll send you a big energetic hug. (laughs) (laughs) Well done for getting through it. Anyone ever binge well watch it, binge listens to this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm shuffling because Eloise missed my shuffling. Oh, I know. So I like the sound. <laughs> it's comforting. Okay, great. And then I'm going to just concentrate on the planet, cut the cards. That's upside oh, down. As always. Oh, this kind of. Um, I think it's running off of last week. We had a we had the nine of cups yeah. inverted. Yeah, the nine of cups, and today we have the five of cups inverted. Oh. So, um, an interesting aspect to number five is one: we have a lot of choices, a lot of choices. There's so many in any given moment, and so many parameters influencing us. We often think we have control, but we don't. I mean, there could be a planet influencing us. There could be yeah. uh, where we are in a, in the sunlight. Light has a huge influence on us. And, you know, depending on what time of day, there are just too many things to enumerate. And when we're given a lot of choices, we often... Um, become controlling and want to control not necessarily the choice, but whatever choice we make, we want to control the outcome. Mm. If I make the right choice, then my outcome is going to be the one I want. And yet we can't control it. The very thing you and I are doing here on this podcast is talking about uh, predictions but it's really just giving us information Mm. to better transmute our sense of how we deal with all of this energy going on so i kind of sometimes i kind of look at this as here i am Uh, The world, the universe, the nature can be dangerous, right? We know that from little kids. We watch, you know, ants. um, I don't know uh, about everyone because a lot of people don't, their kids don't play outside for hours and hours. But when we used to sit outside for hours and hours and, you know, eventually we get in the dirt and, (laughs) We'd see an ant and there would be a trail and they'd be carrying food. And uh, boys were a little different than girls. You know, I would just sit and look and think about their emotional world. That's <laughs> yeah. a very girly thing. What do they thing. think about, you know, do they think about getting married? <laughs> and then the boys would come in and 
make little sand piles. They'd have to climb over. Uh, they wouldn't necessarily go around. They would keep crawling over the uh, the sand pile you'd put in their way, or they would they would kind of get lost for a moment and try to figure out their way around. So they might go around or go up or you know make their way off till they find. I I don't know enough about ants, but there's something about a trail of scent that they leave, right? And, yeah. Or something behind them that you're following this trail. And I would feel really badly for them. And uh, the boys were just <laughs> finding different ways of, of dealing with them. And you would think, well, how dangerous that is for them. You know, they might not get food back to, to their nest. They might, um, they might die along the way, or if you're a little careless, you might hit one. And all of these things were happening. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's nature. It could be anything. It could be a bird. It could be whatever. So um, here we are growing up, and there, there are dangers around us, especially being little tiny creatures that we were, and these giant people who, you know, to be honest, could kill us, you know, even just by accidents, they could kill us. And, you know, we know pretty clearly that you know, life is not something that you can control, but we try to, mm. right? We try to do that. So because this is a cups card and the name on the card is disappointment. So I always look at that as, oh, well, um, we have all this emotion yeah, and it usually comes up from unmet expectations. So when something uh, disappoints us, it's that it wasn't what we thought it would be. So you can almost feel, I think something's going to be a certain way. Mm. It isn't. Life isn't the way we think it is. Because if we just observe life, it's very different than thinking about life. You can think anything about life. Mm. One can think anything about life. Any, any, anything. You can imagine there are little fairies in your garden. Um, <laughs> they're all. <laughs> and they're jumping around and they're protecting you and you're shielding your, your property. And whether you're doing that or not, or whether you're seeing them or not, may not be reality. Mm. You know, it might not be what is actually happening. So I'm using a silly example, but you could expect to go to a restaurant and you think it's going to be wonderful food because the ratings were high and you get there and you're disappointed. And, you know, you could begrudge uh, the, the newspaper or the, 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 the critic of the restaurant. You could think all kinds of things. Or you might go, well, you know, I, I don't know about you, Eloise, but I don't remember great meals. You don't? Nah. Uh, uh, you know, if I look at all the restaurant experiences I've had, maybe two good meals. Yeah. But, but they were attached to friends. They were attached to comedy. Like yeah, one like us having dinner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, you and I, you and I haven't, well, I don't remember the dinners necessarily, but I remember you. That's different. <laughs> yeah. But the, the food, I don't know, like, I, it's a blur. Uh, but once in a while, you remember it. But the ones that were crappy 
Oh. <laughs> you know that time there was a hair in my salad you know that time that yes I, you know i, I re- had a hairy sandwich a, once a hairy sandwich you could you really remember those moments so you know it could be hilarious yeah but because we have expectations and we think those things are going to happen we're disappointed instead of living fully in the moment and taking that moment for what it is. Mm. It's just hilarious or it's just, you know, okay. So something happened. Uh, You know, I remember we used to go to these restaurants at lunch when I was in business with my brother-in-law and everything smelt and tasted like um, chlorine. (laughs) But they were our customers, so I didn't want to critique their food. So I said, oh, yes, it's lovely. (laughs) Did you mix bleach and everything? (laughs) Well, they do, right? They they clean everything out with bleach and then they soak. Uh, I always ate salad, so, you know, you'd be eating this chlorinated salad. It was rather, rather awful, you know. But, uh, you know, I did did whatever I need to and I still remember it as a comedic situation um I've never been to a restaurant and been unhappy with what's there because I had an expectation for me restaurants are these are a bunch of people they're employees who knows what you're getting Mm. even if it's the best restaurant rated hygienic you never know. You could arrive on that day where it's just terrible. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean necessarily the restaurants like this. I have a few expectations about restaurants. Like if you go to a meat restaurant and you order fish, you know, likely your fish isn't going to be that great. Yeah. They um, specialize in one thing. Yeah. I used to go with my friends who always ate meat. And because I was vegetarian, I always had a salad. So you know, the places they would go, there wasn't, especially in my day, today it's different. Yeah. But, you know, the, in the 80s, it was it was not the same vegetarian no, fare. No, it really wasn't, believe me, being a vegetarian no, back it, then. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's very different. So you'd order a salad and, and uh, you know, it would be a lettuce with, you know, with, with a with, white-looking tomato. Yeah, you get with one white tomato. Mazzola. And a bit of Pardon? cucumber. And a bit of cucumber. It was just really, <laughs> you know, not appetizing. <laughs> but I, di- I didn't have an expectation that it should have it. You know, that's not, you know, people aren't ordering it. Why should they keep it on the menu? And when people started ordering these things, of course, restaurants modified because they want to stay in business. Yeah. And if, if they didn't modify, well, they wouldn't stay in business. Hmm. And so the, the the market determines what what's going to be available to us. It's not the it's not what is available to us that determines what we eat. It's what the market wants. It's the majority of people. So if the majority of people eat cheese, then you're going to get more cheese restaurants. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if uh, the majority of people eat fish, then you're going to get fish restaurants. If the majority of people eat Carrots, you're going to get carrot restaurants. <laughs> carrot just the way it works. would be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, it's just the way it works. Well, kind of, it's happened, yeah, hasn't it? Must be. It's, yeah. it's happened in so many ways. So, you know, when you think about um, your mind telling you 
what to consider is your expectation or your the outcome of something you might want to review and realize no i life is one big adventure and you never know where you're going to get even if you've gone to the same restaurant a hundred times and it's always been great mm. there could be that day you land in that restaurant and maybe somebody was sick and didn't come into work so somebody was replaced yeah. and everything just in the restaurant nothing's working properly the cleaning get didn't get done properly who knows uh, what went on you know it's not like one incident will will give you the outcome mm. not I, i'm not saying it everyone i mean you go to a dirty restaurant you're pretty much going to expect it's going to be dirty the next time <laughs> yeah you know, uh, but if you go to a, a restaurant that's been clean a hundred times and you go in and it's just not quite up to par, it may uh, continue to uh, deteriorate. That's possible, but you don't know. Mm. You have no idea. So, um, of course, taking practical action and seeing what works for you is very different from having an expectation. Yeah. So if you notice you're feeling disappointed there's sadness it's all about you it's all about your uh, the choices you make in the way you look at the world you expect mm -hmm. your husband or your wife to be a certain way you're going to clash yeah and it's gonna it's gonna hurt it will hurt that that is a real experience but if i have no expectations you know, this actually, this is really good because I'm thinking of a story when when my husband and I started dating. Mm. Um, he he wasn't sure whether he wanted a relationship or not. I knew I wanted one. Yeah. So, you know, he had said that clearly to me. So in my mind, uh, my energy remained open. Mm. You know, oh, well, I'll stay open to meeting someone else and We'll see where this goes. Let's yeah. just go on the adventure. And one day um, I was sitting working at the computer and he was making some dinner. And he looked at me and he said, do you want to go out? I said, pardon me? Uh, he said, do you want to go somewhere like to dinner or dancing or whatever? And he was just starting his new business. So uh, he knew that wasn't the direction we were going to go in at that point. Mm -hmm. And I, I was fine with it. And I turned around and said, if I want to go out and you don't want to, or you cannot at this point, which would be very practical in this time in your life that you economize, you're working, you're setting things up mm. in, a, in a country you haven't been in for years and years. You've just, you know, studied a new subject to move forward. To me, it was, he shouldn't go out. I don't think he should. And I don't mean as rigid should or. Uh, in an overreaction just yeah don't, no you shouldn't be spending your money and you shouldn't be spending your money on me you are building yourself up again yeah so to me that was clear I didn't say that out loud but to me it was like well that's normal that's what I would do if I was if I switched out of this field and I started something new and I was spending my money to start something new I wouldn't be running out going to dinner yeah so 
I look at myself, we, we sort of have the same values. Maybe other people think differently. That's fine. I'm not stating that you should or shouldn't do this. I'm just saying this matched my values. Uh-huh. If, if I thought, well, even though you're doing it, I would still go out, then that's not the right person for me to be with. I would have a different expectation of life. So in that moment, I said, no, if I want to go out, I'll go out. You don't want to go out. If I don't feel like spending my money to pay for an extra person, I could take you, not take you, or, you know, I'll do what I want. And he said, you would, wouldn't you? You (laughs) would do what you want. And I said, absolutely. And all of a sudden it was very peaceful. And he said, you have no expectations of me. I said, no, I don't. And from what I've understood from you, you have none of me. And he said, no, I don't. And in that moment, there was such an energy shift between us. We were married because we're not married by law, Mm -hmm. but for all intents and purposes, we're married. I mean, we have so many legal documents together, home and all this stuff. So to me, I'm married in the eyes of the universe, right? It would be a divorce to separate. We'd have to do a lot of just what you do in a divorce. So... So in that moment, I felt us just bond. Like I knew that, like we were never apart after that. Yeah. It was, it was a fascinating moment and look where it came from. Mm. You know, we had, we had gone through life and really understood that those expectations are breeding ground for resentment. Yeah. And once you get resentments in a relationship mm-hmm. or a marriage, you you can't get out of them that easily, especially if years go by. Maybe if you have one or two and you decide, I'm gonna go see my therapist, I'm gonna go take breakthrough with Terry Ann, I'm gonna go get some body talk from Eloise. Mm. Uh, uh, maybe you know you'll you'll start to work with it if you choose to and say, I want to work through this resentment through my expectations okay that's great but you know getting married being young having kids being really busy the husband and the wife working to accumulate to get a house to do um a lot of resentments can accumulate yeah not for everyone mm. some people don't. yeah and when, when they do you can't unravel them very easily no it takes years years uh, I remember listening to Jordan Peterson talking about the buildup of resentments. So when he would have someone in a couple in therapy and they've built up so resent so many resentments, he would sit there and go, "This is like this is a huge mountain yeah. to to pass through." It's it, I, he's working statistically, but statistically it was hard to get through. You know, you just you may never make it when you've built up so much resentment. Yeah. Now resentment is also based in a lack of responsibility for oneself, which really shows how the five cups turn upside down. So if I wasn't responsible to myself, like let's say when my partner asked me, do you want to go out? I said, no, first. And then he said, no, no, I mean, do you ever want to go out? And I said, well, if I want to go out, I'll go out. That is being responsible for my own needs, for what I need to do, yeah. for where I need to go, how I spend my money. 
you know, how I determine it spent, how I determine my savings go without the expectation of another to do that for me. So I'll never be disappointed. I will only be disappointed when I betray myself through a lack of responsibility to myself. Mm. So, you know, a lot of women, uh, not necessarily in this time in history, but, you know, women of the 50s, they often did not take responsibility for accumulating their own bank account. You know, they were women at home. And, you know, the, the law also, you know, abnegated their responsibility. The law said, well, if you get divorced, then you get alimony. But alimony left in my province. We don't have alimony now. We have a we have no fault divorce, which means it's split down the middle. Everything you earned after marriage is split down the middle. Mm. And um, there's no alimony, but there is child support from either person, male or female, that is the primary um, custody holder. Mm-hmm. So. It, if uh, if my husband and I had a child and he took the child, I would have to pay child support. Right, yeah. Yeah, so it's very fair, really. But a lot of women were not prepared for that because they, they abnegated agency for themselves with the expectation that, well, my husband will take care of me. Yeah. My husband should take care of me. It's like, well, wait a minute, you're a human being in this world. Now, in nature, that's not necessarily the way everywhere. The, the female of the species has children. Um, and while she nurses it, the male usually comes and brings food. But once the children are cracked, let's say birds cracked out of the shell, yeah. the female goes off and gets food as well. Yeah. Right? They cut so, turns or whatever. But we as humans, with the emotional, um, with the emotional charge that we have, um, this because this is the five of cups. So I'm really bringing it, you know, different. The different suits would bring a different energy, right? Mm-hmm. So the five of cups is our emotional connection or our emotional stickiness to what we think. So if I think. My husband should take care of me, should be nice to me, should show me he loves me by, you know, giving me extra money, by buying me presents, by doing those things. Well, that's going to be certainly disappointed. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, one of the weird things I do with my husband is he doesn't really want to shop for anything for me or he's like, I don't know what you want. And <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no, I, no, it's fine. So as soon as he told me that, he was clear on, you know, what his thoughts were about it. And I said, then I'm just going to buy myself something and say it's from you. Yeah. And then he says, well, I'll pay you. And I'm like, I don't even need you to pay me because, (laughs) because we, you know, we're always splitting everything. So like, what does that have to do with anything? (laughs) I'll take out the joint account. (laughs) And, and then I said, well, I don't know what to get you. And I don't think you really need presents but i'm gonna buy what you need when you need it yeah and likely it will not be on your birthday (laughs) and likely it won't be at christmas because i'm very bad at buying a gift putting it away and waiting for the person's birthday i'm terrible i want to give it right away (laughs) yeah so you know our little discussions about that 
set up a particular way. Yeah. So he actually, so he says, "Yo, get yourself something. And then he comes up with the, the money for it. And I'm like, well, you don't have to do that. But he does anyway. And then I go, well, then I'm, I'm not going to wait for you to buy something for yourself. Then I'll buy it for you. Mm. And that's what we do. Like I just ordered him a bunch, bunch of pants and then, you know, I ordered him a bunch of uh, shorts that he wanted, you know, and it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, yeah. those are our prezies to each other, but it's not <laughs> formal. You know, it's not like, oh, uh, this is the birthday and this it's is this. It's so important in a relationship to actually tell the other partner what you do want or what's important to you. I'm kind of thinking back to the love language. You know, if you were someone that wants, you know, feels love through gifts, then that might be something that's important to you. Do you know what I mean? But I think that's a problem because how would I ever, if you feel loved through gifts, mm. then you actually don't love yourself. You're saying this thing will tell me I'm loved. Yeah. I don't need I don't need a gift from. It's not my love language. I, do. so I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and and you know it is a weird. It, it is weird because it's so, um, you know, entwined in expectations, and somebody's going to fail. Yeah, especially if it's not how they perceive being loved, and yeah. then they're going to have to keep it in their mind. If if I perceive being loved through gifts, which you know, I've, I've done in my life, yeah. then I give a lot of gifts. Yeah. Which I did. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then I, you know, one day I said, well, it's funny, I like to give gifts, but I hate receiving them. <laughs> so, so then what do I do now? You know, so then I just, all of a sudden they just fell away. It's like, yeah. well, no, I really don't need to, to give gifts, you know, I just don't need to do that. Mm. If if it comes up and I want to, I'll do it. But I don't need, I used to need to do it. I, I'd spend lots of hours thinking about people and what they want. And if I'd go out shopping, I'd, oh, so-and-so would like this. Now I, I just, I just don't care. Mm. You know, it's like, no, that has nothing to do with love. Yeah. You giving me a gift is not you loving me. That. It just doesn't feel that way. Yeah. So, yeah, I can understand that. Uh, and I'm not even sure what feeling uh, comes along with love. I, do, I really don't know. I mean, I just know my parents love me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just know my, my partner loves me. Um, but in that, anything can happen. Mm. You know, anything. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true of anything in life. We have no control. We don't, especially of expectation. So you can just take a peek this week, see if your expectations mm -hmm. have outweighed living life. Mm -hmm. Life is gorgeous. Yeah. It's got so many gifts all day long. And, you know, you could bring it to gratitude, but I don't want to use gratitude as a panacea for everything we do. Though sometimes we need a little kick in the pants to go, wait a minute, look how much you do have. Yeah. You know, look how much you do have. 
Yeah, because people always look at what they don't have. They tend to look at what they don't have. Mm. You know, I, 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 I'm often surprised because I, I think I have a lot, even though I'm just very mediocre, live week to week and, you know, have a bit of savings, that kind of thing, but nothing grandiose. And, um, you know, I always think I have a lot. Even when I was living uh, hand to mouth, like I never knew if I would have bus fare. You know, mm. when I first started, yeah. work, I didn't know if I'd have bus fare. I didn't know if I'd have um, enough to meet the very cheap rent that I had at the time. I never knew. And I still felt really rich. I never felt poor, even though mm. I can't tell you how many times yeah. I didn't have enough money to get from my, because I worked in, in uh, reading tarot in a shop. But, you know, when there were massive snowstorms, that shop was empty. There wouldn't be people coming in. And, you know, I remember those first few winters that snowstorms were huge and people weren't out and about. Yeah. So, you know, I could go in and and not even make $20 for a week. Sometimes I'd make $25 that would have to go for the whole week. So I'd end up walking in 30 below for um, five kilometers. Mm to get back to my my basement apartment yeah <laughs> those and, were the days you know, <laughs> I, I never felt bad about no, that i never i, I kind of look back and go wow that's so cool that you lived on so little but thought you had so much yeah and, and then when i you know i kind of try to help people kind of look in perspective but you own a home yeah you own because i didn't have a i didn't have a car for I think I purchased a really cheap car because I started traveling for courses in the 2000s. So from like 1992 to maybe 2009, I didn't have a car. Mm. And, you know, people were, you know, not only, you know, I'd look and go, wow, you have a car. Oh, not only do you have a car, you don't have any money, but you have a car and it's a Mercedes and you looked for parking and you're paying for parking and you needed gas and you're asking me to give you a discount on this really cheap reading (laughs) um you know those days i'd get 25 dollars for the reading and the house would get five dollars yeah and you know now i get 150 dollars for half an hour uh that's that's an increase of what two four five six six times yeah right six times what i used to and you know they were chiseling me down and I felt bad for them. That's so weird. I felt bad for them. <laughs> it's fascinating, right? Well, I felt so terrible for them that they didn't have money. And then, you know, I'd see them on, in those days, there were no cell phones. And this chick, you know, said, can I pay you less? And I'm like, okay, okay. Just, you have to give the house their money. And then you give me what you think. And then we walk outside, she flips open a cell phone, which very few people have. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I don't think I got a cell phone until 10 years after I saw that cell phone. Yeah. And she bops into a convertible Mercedes. And I was like, wow. And I feel bad for her. Why do I it's think mad, I'm so okay? It? Yeah. Why do I think, you know, so I thought, oh, I just, I just think differently about life. I just have a different perception. And also uh, people uh, have a different set point of where they feel broke. Some people can be like thousands of pounds in debt and feel okay. And then other people, if they dip under 50,000 pound in the bank, they'd feel broke. It's like, 
Or what about millionaires who yeah. still feel like they don't have yeah. enough? There's, there's that too, which, you know, I, I think it makes sense because the more, the more money you make, the more you need to keep everything together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what did I have? Expectation. Yeah. Right. So I always live, I mean, one of my things is live within my means, you know, so, so I live within my means, even if you have a little debt. Yeah. You know, you still live within the means, though you made that investment in education or you made that investment in something. Um, I, I always live within my means and, um, yeah, the only time I've ever gone into debt is when somebody needed to borrow money from me and and I felt like they needed the money. And that's the only time I had, you know, an excessive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, debit. Um, oh, and of course, mortgage. Yeah. You know, uh, but uh, the rest, no, I, I, I never put myself into debt for things that I did personally in my life, mm. but somebody would need some money and I go, okay, I'll give it to you. And, and uh, then I'd have to take time to pay that off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd have to dip into credit or something. So those, those are the only times. So that's when I don't live within my means is when I, when somebody needs something from me, I'll, I'll go overboard. Mm. So yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's also the same thing. I feel like I have. You know, and I feel like I can do it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's I, practical. I mean, difference. if someone came to you and said, I need a million pounds, you're not going to take out a loan for a million no. pounds. It's not practical. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm like, no, I can do this. I can pay it back. And then eventually they'll pay me back as well. And yeah. it'll be, it'll be fine. That's, that's the only time. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it's, um, it's really, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I get it. Like, what is that perceptual shift? Mm. So it's something to mull over, you know, what is what is that? Well, it has to be um, the, the belief systems that I don't have or fear, fear, mm. fear, fearfulness of not not having enough and bring in the next element, not living within our means. Or even not having a practical view of we're going to age. So as we age, we need to downsize. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you have a lot of energy when you're a kid. You never know what's going to happen, but you have a lot of energy to earn your money and do things. And then later on, you might, you may accumulate the money or you need to, to watch that, that money. I mean, that's, that's also next to the point where everything could get lost. You never mm. know. You know, you could you could lose everything as well. You never know. Yeah. But at least to be as practical as possible, not expect that certain things happen, which I think I I see expectation as as a lack of gratitude. Yeah. In many ways, that I expect you to act a certain way. Yeah. All righty. Well, hopefully yeah. you'll have some some insights this week on your expectations and your disappointments in life and we'll see where we go from there yeah, next week perfect cool all right my darling thank you again Eloise, for thank you always being a lovely anchor for me <laughs> and everyone in podcast land have a lovely day yeah okay take care bye you too sir bye